Conspiracy theories are most often a smokescreen to divert us from the true evil. My dad was right. This family's money is dirty. Imagination is far more fascinating than reality. Welcome to Working for Uncle Henry, the podcast. I'm the series author and your host, Angela Mullins. Chapter 5. Family meals were the norm at the Archer home. Even Jennifer awakened early enough most days for breakfast. Henry didn't allow cell phones at the table during meals. The newspaper was, however. The New York Times was delivered to the house each day, and Gerard routinely brought it and the local paper to the table at breakfast. He separated out the classifieds and entertainment sections, handing the latter to Jennifer, the crossword to Edith, and the classifieds to Henry. He placed the other sections on the table next to Parker. The sideboard presented a variety of breakfast foods, bacon, perfectly brown toast, jam, Greek yogurt, honey, coffee, juice, fruit, and eggs, cooked to each one's liking. Gerard even remembered Parker preferred his scrambled. Jennifer and Henry were over easy, and Edith preferred poached. Parker eagerly filled his plate, wary of making a pig of himself. Edith continued to eat and issue her usual odd banter about final party preparations and who had RSVP'd. Henry went into his own little world, perusing the paper. His morning routine was to comb through the classifieds. One might assume his goal was to find that unique estate sale deal, and occasionally that happened, but his main purpose was to watch for special communications from his colleagues hidden among all the for sales, help wanteds, and personals just one of several methods he employed along with dead drops and other transfers. Knowing which method would be used next was like deciphering a code all in itself. While Edith allowed her poached eggs to cool to room temperature, she studied the crossword puzzle. Hmm, what's a five-letter word for be in the world? Exist, Henry growled from behind the classifieds. Edith wrote the word in without hesitation. Prefix with establishment, four letters. Anti, Henry answered with a hint of disdain. Transform gradually. Morph. Oh, Henry, you never give anyone else a chance to answer. Henry lowered his paper and glared at Parker, then Jennifer, who was browsing the entertainment section and paying the family no attention. Henry grunted and returned to his classifieds. It was a game they played each morning. Edith asked the questions, and Henry provided the answers. Although Edith loved filling out the daily crossword, she rarely provided any of the answers herself. "'Oh, I know this one,' Edith said, holding up her pencil as a declaration. She scribbled letters into squares, only to stop and reconsider. "'No, that's not it.' She put the pencil to her lips in concentration, erased the letters, and pondered more. "'Ah!' she said, and began to write. "'No!' I need to go work out, Jennifer said after finishing her fruit and yogurt. She turned to Parker. Want to join me? Sure. Since finishing college, Parker's workouts were the kind that didn't involve money. Running, push-ups, and chin-ups at the tension bar stretched across his rentals hallway opening, the poor man's gym. Gym membership was out of the question in his financial position. The estate's gym, however, was now at his disposal and came equipped with the latest machines on the market, allowing one to work every body part imaginable. The full entertainment system helped make the effort less noticeable. A big screen TV connected to the cardio machines provided scenery video and coaching by personal trainers. 
Parker picked a weight machine while Jennifer hopped on the treadmill. He soon realized she was much fitter than her lifestyle might suggest. The estate had much to offer, but Parker's favorite feature had always been the Archer Library. So he cut his workout short, showered, and went downstairs to the most impressive room in the house. The dark mahogany double-pocket doors were wide open and calling to him. He strode inside, gazed up, and beamed. Wall-to-wall books, three stories high, towered around him. Books and reading were definitely something he and his uncle had in common. Henry, being a voracious reader, had finished most of them. As a boy, Parker had stood in the middle and gazed up at the endlessness of books that he imagined led all the way to heaven. Of course, running up and down the spiral staircase in the middle of the room always made for a nice play break in between books. The fabricated iron rails of the circular stairway encased wooden steps which made for less noise. Narrow wooden walkways branched off to the second and third floors of books. Soft lighting illuminated the cases to glowingly boast of their contents. One would never know through the castle-like beauty that all the bookcase sections were now on motorized trolleys that rotated them from top to bottom, eliminating the need to climb to the upper levels to retrieve a book a change Henry made shortly after taking charge of the estate. Rotating the shelves also helped protect the books from the elements of the room by limiting climate and light exposure to any static position. More memories flooded Parker's mind. The stinging in his eyes caught him by surprise. A tear pooled in the corner of his right eye. Why on earth was he crying? He wasn't sad. Sentiment, maybe? Fond memories of a carefree time in his life. It had been such fun back then, exploring all the nooks and crannies of this house, running around and hiding on the grounds and pretending to be a librarian in this very room. A child's life had no concerns or worries, or at least it shouldn't. That's how it's supposed to be. Problems and troubles are for adulthood, and the thought made him long to be a kid again. That explained the knot in his gut. Children can't wait to grow up and be free adults, but there's nothing free about adulthood. He saw that now. It's just another phase of life with a different set of requirements. Requirements he wasn't meeting right now. He needed to find something to be successful at and make a difference in some small part of the world. At least now he could catalog books for his uncle, but what happens after all the books are cataloged? Although as he gazed around him that could take a while, but eventually it would end. Then what? He sighed. Hopefully a real job will come along soon. Then he can settle in somewhere, get married, have kids, live the American dream if it still existed. He didn't care about having lots of money and things. He didn't need that to be happy. He just wanted a common life to serve God with every day. Parker wiped the tear now creeping down the crease of his nose and ventured to count the books looming over him, thousands of them all around him, and many worth far more than retail value. Among the vast quantities came a vast range of ideas and philosophies, Mein Kampf, UFOs, fact or fiction, a biography of Alan Turing, quantum physics, the history of the Bible, Tom Sawyer, etc. A full row of Bertrand Russell books with topics ranging from mathematics, philosophy, mysticism, and Christianity sat right above a row of C.S. Lewis, followed by all of Albert Einstein's works. Parker pulled out Dickens' Great Expectations, a classic he had never read, he plopped down on one of the Chesterfield sofas flanking the roaring fireplace and ventured to another world. The only thing better than a good read is good grub. 
Parker's growling stomach signaled it was time to scope out something to eat in the kitchen. As if produced by his very wishes, he found one of Gerard's special Reuben sandwiches and homemade chips on a platter waiting for him on the kitchen counter. Coupled with an izzy from one of the commercial-grade refrigerators, the meal quelled his hunger pangs perfectly. Gerard's cooking was a welcome upgrade from the dismal food out of a box or a can Parker had on his own. The back way out of the kitchen opened to a narrow hall with the service door to the dining room on the other side. Just left of the dining room door was the spot where the cellar stairs used to be. The same cellar Parker and Jennifer had been interrupted in ten years earlier. In place of the stairs, Henry had installed an elevator, and while its presence wasn't a secret, one might easily walk past it and never know it was there. Dark wood-stained doors, when closed, blended in with the paneled walls, hidden in plain sight, one might say. Void of directional lights outside to indicate up or down, a knot in the woodwork served as a nondescript button used to summon the elevator. Out of curiosity, Parker stepped in and noticed there was a level one button, even though, according to Jennifer, the cellar was now closed off. He pressed the button. Nothing. The door didn't even close. He shrugged, assumed it was disconnected, and pressed the level three button to go to his room. Once upstairs, Parker weaved through the dim, narrow hallway to the balcony off the back of the house. It offered more privacy than the terrace. He settled into a chair and surveyed the vastness of the estate in the light of day. At least a hundred acres stretched beyond the fence through the trees. The morning chill had given in to a simply crisp afternoon. He breathed deeply and listened for God. He still had no answers from his prayers. Unless God sometimes used a high-pitched hum. What was the humming sound that was slowly getting louder? It wasn't nature and most likely wasn't God. He squinted toward the direction of the sound. Above the tree line, a drone came into view over the east corner of the yard. As he determined the source of the hum, he heard the familiar sound of a shotgun being cocked, abruptly followed by the shotgun's blast. The drone erupted into shrapnel and rained onto the yard. Parker jumped up and looked over the railing to glimpse the shooter. It was only Gerard rushing out with a trash receptacle in tow. The butler hurriedly gathered the drone fragments, then swept his eyes back and forth as if searching for witnesses. He gazed up toward the terrace and locked eyes with Parker. Parker froze, afraid to move. He had the distinct feeling he'd seen something he shouldn't have. But what? Finally, Gerard turned away and headed back to the house. With the butler now out of sight, Parker took a deep breath and relaxed, what on earth was Gerard doing? Was this some kind of expensive skeet shooting? It looked like fun. Maybe Henry would let him shoot down a few drones. It might be tricky, though, trying to predict which way it would move. He hurried downstairs to check the action, but by the time he reached the terrace, there was no sign of anything or anyone. He surveyed the yard in all directions and shook his head in disbelief. Had he imagined the crazy scene? He was sure he hadn't but he may as well have. Thanks so much for listening. The books this podcast is about are available on Amazon. Just check the show notes for purchasing links. I also do a little social media with quotes and behind the scenes on Instagram and research, I just air quoted, on Twitter. Next time, The Mysterious Gate Nine.